0: Well, good morning, Coastal. How you guys doing this morning? You guys doing well? The front row is doing well. The rest of you guys are still a little asleep here. Well, my name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, let me just say, I'm happy to be back today. Uh, I've spent the last almost three weeks in Africa. And so uh, it's been incredible seeing what our church is doing over there with uh, the jellies and their church there in Tubalisha and the 450 plus kids that we're sponsoring every single day to be fed and taken care of and get an education and being taught the word of God. It's absolutely incredible. I'm pretty jacked. To tell you guys some more about that in the coming weeks and uh, about what's going on over there and what God is doing, but today uh, we are in a series called Wisdom, and we've been looking at the book of Proverbs over the last couple weeks discussing what are some ways that we can live a wise life. How do we live with wisdom in life rather than going through life and and, and playing like, hey, the the dumb card and and missing out on some things, and so I think it's really amazing God's timing uh, on things because I actually put this message uh, together almost a month ago specifically for this date, and it's amazing. I think it's God's providenti- providentiality that He has brought this message for this time, because I think it's extremely, extremely relevant to, to what is going on. We flew back in late Friday evening into the midst of chaos in America. Anybody say it's been chaotic here in the last uh, couple of I, I guess in the last seven days? I don't know. I rolled in, and, and all I see is a bunch of hate. And uh, a, a, lot of, a lot of things going on. And so I think God has actually got some incredible, incredible things to talk to us about today. And so we're going to be starting in Proverbs, but then we're going to be looking in Matthew chapter 12. So if you want to turn your Bible to Matthew chapter 12, that is where we'll be for a little bit. Uh, and today I want to talk to you about something that I believe that is like a hand grenade in some of our lives. And for others of us in our lives, it is the thing that is probably one of the most powerful elements to our lives. It's just dependent on on how do you utilize this thing. And what I mean by that is that for some of us, this thing destroys us. And for others of us, this thing breathes life into us. And so today what I want to talk to us about is the power of our words. And I believe that our words are extremely, extremely powerful. And today, how I want to kind of start this off is that I want to talk to you, and I really want to talk to you about three things that I know about you. There are three elements that I know about you in your life. And if you're taking notes today, the first one is this, is that you use words. Anybody Anybody disagree with that? I Like, you, you use words. Nobody disagrees with that. Why? Because we all use words. Words and, and and some of y'all are like, oh my goodness, do I talk? Uh, because there is nothing that can kind of keep you quiet in life. In fact, you have a hard time stopping talking. And but everybody I know talks. And everybody I know uses words. And I did a little research and I came across this stat and it's not something that's new to me. Uh, But there is a statistic out there that talks about the amount of words that people use every single day. And the statistic says in a generalization that the average man speaks about 7,000 words a day. So the average guy says about 7,000 words. Some guys say a little bit more. Some guys say a little bit less. Now, uh, on the flip side of that, uh, there there is a stat for women. And just don't shoot me. I'm the messenger. And so um, the stat for women says the average woman speaks about 20,000 words a day. Uh, Some women talk a little bit more than that. Some women talk a little bit less than that. But on average, they speak about 20,000. And so you can see there is a little bit of a discrepancy between the guys and the girls. Anybody notice that? There's about 13,000 words discrepancy, and that might explain some of your relational difficulty right there. Okay, Because here's the reality. A guy goes to work, he comes home, and he's used 6,950 of his words. His wife comes home, and she's also used 6,950 of her words. How many of y'all know what the rest of that night is going to look like? It's going to look like her talking a lot and him nodding his head a lot. And then you're wondering why, like, we just don't communicate. Well, that dude already used up all of his words. He's, he just spent, okay? So there, I just solved all of your relational problems right there. We can, just, we can just close up and pray, and and everything will be good. But the reality is, is that some... Some of us talk more than others. Some women, listen, this is a, a generalization. So there's some women that talk less than 20,000 words. And, and dear Lord, I pray for the husband of the woman that talks more than 20,000. Like you, you need, there's prayer right back here after service. We will hook you up. But this is what I know, is that we all use words. And, and I remember... Early on in our our marriage with Shayla, uh, I I remember Shayla is a verbal processor. Um, And and I don't know if this is just a Shayla thing. I actually think women in general like to verbally process what they're going through. They they, they like to get everything out and share it without really wanting any response from a guy. We haven't figured that out yet, or at least I had had not figured that out at this point. And I remember she had come home and she had had a stressful day at work. And so she was verbal processing with me and she likes to take walks when she verbal processes, so there's activity and talking at the same time, and so we went on this walk, and she's, she's verbal processing, and I'm, I'm doing the yes, yes, uh, mm-hmm. and I just shake my head, you know, and uh, we finally, we get home, we're inside, we're sitting at our, our, our kitchen countertop um, in, in our kitchen, she's continuing to verbal process, and she's like, don't you have anything to say, and I remember looking at her and going, that's life, get over it, I only had four words left that day, so I had to use them. Really, no, I'm just kidding, but uh, like that was the wrong thing to say. But, but we all use words. Sometimes we're not aware of it, but we all use words in our life. And our moments uh, are, are filled with words. Every minute of our day is infected with words. Our relationships are dyed with words. Every circumstance that we're dealing with in life is stuffed with words, and we have, and we use words, and we're words people. And the thing is, is the book of Proverbs has a ton to speak about when it comes to our words. In fact, there are so many verses in Proverbs, I was like, man, what verse do I really use to convey this? Because there are so many, and I thought I'd just go with probably the most popular one, In Proverbs 18.21 says this, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. That's a powerful verse right there, isn't it? The the power of the tongue has life in it and it has death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. In other words, what it's saying is in every single relationship that you're in in life with other people, you are either breathing life into that relationship or you are breathing death into that relationship. You're you're just doing something. Every day we're doing this, and I put it on your outline like this. Words give life and words bring death. You get to choose. Words bring life, and they bring death, and you get to choose, and that right there is a powerful, powerful choice, my friends. We have the choice in each and every relationship to speak life or to speak death. Now, what that means for each and every one of us, and you've probably never thought about this before, but what that means is that there is no such thing as a neutral word. You have never spoken a word that is neutral in life. It's either bringing life to a situation or it's bringing death to a situation. There is no in-between. There is no gray area. It's either life or it's death. There is no neutrality. So you're either moving things forward in life or you're pulling them back. And the choice is ours. Now, If you're using your words to move things in the direction of life, usually those words are filled with encouragement. They're filled with hope. They're filled with love. They're filled with joy. They're filled with peace. They're they're moving things forward in life. If your words are heading in a negative direction, they're filled with a lot of anger. They're filled with malice. They're filled with jealousy. They're filled with gossip, division, racism, malice, violence, all of that stuff. In other words, our words either heal... Or they damage in life. In fact, I put in your outline, I put this little survey kind of thing. I, you probably don't know what it is, but it kind of looks like this. Heal or damage, and there's some dots in between there. And, and what I wanted us to just to kind of do today was take a little bit of a self-assessment. But here's what I've discovered about it myself, and probably because I do it in life, I'm going to guess you do it. When I start reading scripture, a lot of times I don't really read it for myself. I always read it for other people. Anybody else like that? Like, oh, this is so good for Shayla. Shayla needs to hear this today. I should, I should, I should email her this you version first. She'll love it. And, or I'll, I'll think about like, oh man, this is great for my team. And so many times I think about things for the context of other people, but this is not about other people. This is about you. This is about me. This is about our words. This doesn't apply to anyone else. This applies specifically to us. So just a little self-assessment. Would you say that in the majority of your relationships, that the words that you are speaking are bringing healing to people? Or would you say that in the majority of relationships, that your words are bringing death and damage? That's a self-assessment for you to take. And my prayer, and my prayer for our church community is that we would never look at our words as something that does not matter, that does not count, because our words always count. They're always bringing something in life. And you're gonna use words, and so we need to use them in the right and correct context. Second thing I know about you that that I, I know is that number two, your deepest pain And your greatest joy have been accompanied by words. Listen, whoever said talk is cheap is a freaking liar. Because talk is not cheap. It's powerful. It's painful. It's life-altering. Talk is one of the most important things that is out there. And our words are powerful. They can help. They can hinder. They can hurt. They can heal. But they have never, ever been cheap. Never. In fact, I would say that words are quite expensive. They cost something, and every word you use in life has a price tag to it. That's why with words, wars have been started. That's why with words, murders have been initiated. That's why with words, divorces have been sealed. Children have been abused. Self-esteems have been shattered. Words splinter families. Words split churches. I'm telling you, words are an extremely, extremely powerful thing. And when I think back to the saddest and most celebratory moments of my life, they are always accompanied by words that were spoken to me. In fact, every time I get up here on a Sunday morning, uh, I, it's like there is this chorus of people that have spoken words in my life that I hear. And, and, and most of the time when I get up here, I'm thinking about the people that have encouraged me and built me up and said, man, you can do this. I believe in you. You can step out. And and when those words come to the back of my mind, man, they are like something that just gives me this extra something that allows me to push through all the barriers that are before me in my life and helps me overcome the mountains that seem so enormous because those voices have an impact and they've impacted so much of what I believe about myself they've impacted so much about what I believe about God and those voices they'll never probably never even realize whether it was from an individual or from a book or from a conference how much of an impact they have had and they'll never probably comprehend that now on the flip side of that I've sat down with people that are 25 35 45 55 65 75 heck I've sat down with some 95 year old people who can tell me about some unbelievably painful words that were spoken to them by their parents decades ago and when they recount the words of yesterday they will cry like it happened yesterday Why is that? Because there is a scary, painful, long-term shelf life to ugly, abusive, and hateful talk. Now, I'm not telling you something that you don't know. Because some of you can remember the day at school that that group of people started making fun of you and called you fat. And that has defined a lot of the rest of your life. Some of you can recall the moment that your father told you that you were stupid. Some of you recall the moment that your ex looked at you in the eyes and said, You know what? I don't love you anymore. Some of you remember that moment when the teacher looked at you in the middle of class and said, In front of everybody else, you're never going to amount to anything in life. And you've been haunted. By those words. And those words have been sitting there on the shelf of your life, staring at you for decade after decade after decade, and you've been trying to shake them off. But for some reason, those words just have like the eternal shelf life. And the thing that I know about you is you use words. And you use a lot of words. And your greatest joy and your greatest pain has been accompanied by those words. Third thing I know about you is your world of words is a world of trouble. It's a world of trouble. And I know this about you not because I know you, but because I know me. And I know that my world of words is a world of trouble. And and the way I know that is, is think about this. If we were to take a recording of everything that you said this past week, and we were just to take some time and play it here in front of everybody else, would anybody feel comfortable with that? Heck no. Like if you were to take my words, I've been somewhat on vacation last week with my wife, but I've said some mean, hurtful, spiteful things. My tone in some of those conversations was not quite where it should be. Like, I would be embarrassed if we were to record that and play that for you. We've all had conversations where we wish we could snatch the words out that we said in that moment because we know the impact and the detriment that they've done to other people. And we know that because we know that our words are powerful. And I think that in our generation currently, we're at a huge disadvantage than we were 20 years ago think about it today. You, you didn't have the luxury 20 years ago of firing off a quick email when you were, when you were upset with somebody or, or, or posting on Facebook when you didn't agree with something or, or spitting some hate through a text message when you were upset. Like we didn't have those options. Like you had to have a face-to-face conversation with somebody. Today you don't because there is so much anonymity on the internet. We say things that we would never say to anybody else face-to-face. And the other problem is, is it gives every idiot a voice. And sometimes the greatest voice is no voice. It's taking a moment of silence to think about you spewing out some words. I I think especially with, with what's going on in society, it's so easy to come to a quick judgment without knowing all the facts. It's so easy to choose your side without knowing everything. And it's easy to spit out your opinions before the facts are out there. And before the understanding's out there. And before you seeking the heart of God on that matter. Rather than you just going with whatever you're feeling in that moment. And there is this verse in Jeremiah that says, The heart is deceptive above all things. So next time you listen to your heart, don't. It's gonna lie to your face. And, and I've learned this firsthand. I'll, I'll never forget two years ago we did a series called Grow a Pair. And uh, this is my all-time favorite series. It was like, it, it was like this ultimate man series and and I remember we put out this post on Facebook just 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 kind of a promo of of the series um and and man all of a sudden I was getting hated on like like people were searching me out on Facebook and writing the meanest things in the world about me um without knowing anything about this series and this series was all about how there are certain character traits that go really really well in pairs like, you better have both of these in your life. Like, if you have strength without humility, you're going to end up with a lot of pride. And so you better have strength and humility together. You better have that pair if you're going to be awesome in your life. If you're going to, if you're going to utilize your strength, you've got to have humility. And we would teach on those things, but nobody cared to listen to that. They just saw something and started judging. And I remember I got so angry one Friday night, I started writing every single person back. How many of you all know... That that is probably the worst idea in the world. Like, I have no idea who these people are, but I am, I'm, I'm just hot. And I am lighting them up. Like, I'm like, boom, take that, Joker. You don't know nothing. Like, and I would just boom, boom, boom. And if some guy messaged me and he was even more hateful. I was like, oh no, he didn't. And I just w- <laughs> and man, I just went off. And, and and next thing I know, Shayla was tapping me on the shoulder. She's like, what are you doing? I was like, man, I'm letting some people know what's up. And she's going, I know, I just saw that. Do you think that's really a good idea? I was like, yes. <laughs> and then she goes, do you think God thinks that's a good idea? And I was like, probably not. And I learned a really, really important lesson right there. The more sensitive the subject, the more time you need to take, the more sensitive the conversation, the more it needs to be done face-to-face. And I think that that is a great rule for all of us to understand. It'll help us from... not sending out hostile emails and texts that are full of hate and posts that are passive-aggressive towards people? Because we'll start to realize that our words carry power. In fact, I, I actually went back to every single one of those people and I messaged them and I apologized to them because I was the worst example of Jesus in that moment. And no apology can ever take back the words that I used in those moments. Because once they're out, it's like the internet today. Once it's out there, you can't ever get it back. And Let me show you a verse where Jesus talks about this in Matthew. Matthew chapter 12, verse 33. He says, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you say how can you who are evil say something good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings forth good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings out evil things out of the evil stored up in him. Now, do you guys see what Jesus is saying right here? He's saying, some of you guys think, listen, you've got a mouth problem. You think that your problem is is the words that you're speaking. And Jesus says, like, listen, I understand that that's a problem. But that isn't really the real problem. The real problem isn't your mouth. The real problem is your heart. Because what he says is is whatever is going on inside of here is eventually going to come out of here. And so whatever is happening inside of here, over an amount of time, eventually it's going to bubble up and it's going to boil over out of your mouth. It's like the game called Spill the Beans. Anybody ever played Spill the Beans when they were a kid? Basically, it's this, this, this can where you, every person puts beans in it. And at some point, you put one too many beans in there and all the beans come out. And that is like words in our life. You keep putting things in there, what's going on in your heart eventually is going to spill out and it's going to make a mess over any and every situation. Anybody ever said something and been like, man, where the heck did that come from? You know where it came from? It came from your heart. And Jesus is saying that, listen, you can focus really, really, really hard on trying to control your mouth. You can do with everything within your willpower not to say bad things. But if there is no heart transformation, there will never be any mouth transformation. And what Jesus is saying here applies way more than just to our words. He's saying, man, if there isn't heart transformation, there's never going to be a word transformation in your life. See, God's goal is not that you just don't say mean things. God's goal is not that you just don't talk anymore while that would be a good goal for some of you. Like that has never been God's goal in our life. God's goal, I put this in your outline, God's goal for the human race is not just that we would avoid sin. That's the problem with legalism. That was the problem with the Pharisees. They were just trying to get everybody to avoid sin. And that's why Jesus said you brought a vipers. Like, the goal is not to avoid sin. Like, there could be no sin taking place in this world. And I don't think that God would be content with that. Because God's goal for our life is that we would be exuding love and joy and peace and long-suffering. And that doesn't happen without us being out there using our words. It's just not possible. His goal was that we'd be exploding with that. And if you never talked, there would be no expression of love out there. If you never talked, there would be no hope given to other people. If you never spoke, there would be no melodies and no songs ever written. God's goal in all of this is a lot greater than not sinning. And as devastating as your words can be, they can also be as life-giving. They can be as powerful in a life-changing way. And God has shaped our souls in such a way that the words that we speak go straight to our soul. i put it in your outline like this. God has designed the human soul where your words will either destroy or build up one another. In fact, there's a verse in Ephesians that says this, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Now, if you think about your seven to 13,000 words, whether you're a guy or a girl, if you were to just get rid of all the unwholesome talk, that would eliminate a lot of those words that you're using up. He says, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who, who listen it says according to their needs. and i think that, that is an, a super important uh phrase there for every single relationship that we have in life, because there is a presumption that is being made right there in this verse. There is a presumption that in your relationships, in your marriage, in your friendships, in in the family dynamics that you have, that you are going to build others up according to their needs. That is the presumption. And it's presuming that if that's the case, then you are going to know the needs of the people around you in life. but that's not really true, is it? We don't really know the needs of other people because we're so busy talking all the time that we're never listening. It's hard to know somebody else's needs if you're never listening for their needs. And so Paul is setting the expectation here that in every relationship, there is this level of attentiveness that we all have an awareness to listen to the people around us so that we can hear what their needs are and we can start to build them up according to their needs. That's why Proverbs also says in chapter 15, verse 4, the soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. And we've all experienced some words that have crushed our spirits. We felt them. We've done that to other people. Our words have a way of beating people up. And as we travel through life, we see people who get beaten up over and over again by words. And there are all kinds of people that are laying around in our communities, in our life, at our workplace, even in our own homes. that have been beat up by words. And what we have yet to discover is that we have the power to heal them. Let me just let you in on a little secret. That's true of your friends, your spouse, your coworker, your neighbor, the person sitting to your left, the person sitting in front of you, the person sitting behind you. No matter how well put together they look, no matter how much they seem like they got it together. Everyone needs healing. Every single person needs it. You have no clues, no idea what that other person may be going through today or in the course of their day. And the beautiful thing is is that God has equipped you with this tool that can bring healing to their world, And it's the words that you have. They have that kind of power in people's lives. Your words have the ability to help people know that they matter, that they have a purpose That there is a God who loves them beyond their comprehension? And so it always gets me to a question that I've asked you before, church. It's actually two questions. Who has God put in your life? And what does he want you to say to them? Because the people that are in your life are not there by accident. I don't believe that at all. I believe that there is a divine appointment there. And that appointment is with you and with the words that he has given you to bring healing and to bring life into that person's life. So guys, when is the last time that you looked at your wife or you looked at your girlfriend and you said, you know what, you are the most incredible gift that God has ever given me. I know some of you guys are like, well, she knows that, but yeah, 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 I know she knows that, but when is the last time you looked her in the eye and you said it with all sincerity of your heart? Ladies, when's the last time you grabbed your husband's hand And looked him in the eyes and said, I believe in you. I've got your back. Fathers, when's the last time you grabbed your daughter and you told her she is beautiful beyond imagination? That she is a princess. To be held in high regard. Or said to your sons, there's great things in store for you. And listen, maybe you're a parent where your kids are out of your house, listen, they still need to hear those words. It doesn't end when they turn 18. I, I'll tell you what, there is not a greater moment than when my dad shows up to church, which is a very, very rare. But when he does, and we go out to lunch afterwards, and he goes, Man, son. I'm so proud of you. There's not a greater moment in my life. Some of you lead businesses and organizations. When's the last time you told your team, man, you guys are irreplaceable. And I realize that some of you are at a disadvantage because you didn't grow up at a home that used words to build people up and breathe life into them. And and honestly, I, I feel sorry that you missed out on that. But your choice of comfort now over the choice of words is a tragic, tragic choice. And you have the choice today to break the cycle. You want to continue that same cycle, but you could do something different. And I'll tell you what, our God has words for you. They're words of hope, they're words of life, they're words of purpose, they're words of destiny, they're words of love, they're words of adoration. And I don't care what anybody else has said to you. God wants to say to you today, you're loved, you're adored, you're chosen, you're the apple of my eye, I knew you before you were even in your mother's womb, and I chose you, you're not an accident, you're not an experiment, you're mine, and I love you with all of my heart so much that I would give up the most precious thing for you, my son. Today we all use words. Words have either brought life to us or death to us. But going forward, we have the choice of how we're going to use our words. What will you choose this day? Let's pray. Father God, we just come before you and I thank you that you are a God who chose us from the beginning of time. And you chose us not to just go through life and just live aimlessly, but you had intention, you had a purpose, you had a plan. And you gave us this powerful, powerful gift called our words that we could breathe life into our circumstances or we could take it towards death. And God, I pray that today, as a church, we would choose life. God, I pray that we would be... Slow with our words and quick with our ears. Quick to listen to the needs of others so that we can build them up. So that we can breathe life into them. Because that's what you called every single one of us to do. God, I thank you that you are a God who speaks life to us today. It's in Jesus' name that I pray.